1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Late Night Drive. My name is Ellie Schnitt. I'm your host. I'm your driver. I'm so happy you're here joining me in the passenger seat. I hope you had the best week, but if you didn't, welcome. Let's talk about it. I, uh, hi. (laughs) Hi. So, it is properly winter in it. It is very cold. Um, I am bundled right now i look like i look like a gigantic marshmallow it's so cold in my apartment and i am super bundled if you saw what i looked like right now you would laugh so weekend update what's poppin what's going on what's new in my life oh still nothing I mean, really, still nothing. But so I went to this like networking. I guess it wasn't like technically a networking event, but also it very much was. So Spotify invited a bunch of podcasters to this dinner. And I didn't know that it was like a podcasting event. I just assumed since I work with Spotify that it was like that kind of thing where I was like being invited because I work with Spotify. But then it ended up being like probably 20 people. And it was all like people um, in podcasting industry and... It was like such an interesting event because I definitely got to talk to people from Spotify, but like people who work there um, and network in that way. But I also got to hang out with some of the podcasters that like i very much admire and like have like really look at as so um like so successful and i don't know honestly i i don't think that any of us ever see ourselves accurately like i don't think any person looks at their own successes and is like i'm a fucking star honestly there are probably people who do but they're like crazy people um like, it's not even like a humble thing. It's like imposter syndrome. Like we all have that little bit of like, I compare myself to others. And I don't feel like I'm at the same level as them. And I'm in this room and I'm surrounded by people that like I look up to and I admire. And I felt like I look at them and think of them as being so much more successful than me. But I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, I'm literally at the same table as them. You know, like I'm literally in the same room. Like I'm here with these people that I admire. I was invited here and like, there has to be a reason for that. So maybe I'm just not seeing myself accurately. Um, But it was like nice. It was like a nice little boost for me. Um, Sometimes I get like down on myself. And so it was just nice to kind of be like, oh, okay, Um, I'm probably doing just fine. Um, And it was Cool. It was the um, the girls from the Gals on the Go podcast. They are so fucking nice. If you haven't listened to that podcast, you should. And also, I was sat next to Margot Oshri. Oshri. I don't know how to pronounce her. I might have pronounced her last name wrong. Oshri. Um I was sat next to her the whole time, and she's fucking awesome. I really, really like her. Um, and I'm probably – I'm going to ask her to come on the pod just because, like, I really liked hanging out with her. And I feel like you guys will really like her, too. I'm sure you, honestly, if you follow me, you probably already listened to, like, her podcasts, but she's, yeah, she's really great, and yeah, everyone was just cool, and it made me feel better, and I'm not, like, good at networking, I'm not good at things like that, I went to this event by myself, and I was really nervous that, like, nobody was gonna talk to me, I was literally, like, um, preparing for the worst, I was like, I'm gonna be standing in the corner, and nobody is going to hang out with me, like, I was so fucking nervous, and then it ended up fine, as most things do. I always say like my absolute philosophy in life is like things are never as bad as you think they're gonna be and things are never as good as you think they're gonna be. Most things are just like fine. Like whenever I get nervous about something, I think like, okay, what's the worst case scenario? And then what's the best case scenario? And what's something in the middle? And whatever the middle option is, like that's probably what's gonna happen. And that usually makes me feel better. And in this case, it was also correct. And I also did this like, my friend Zach, I talked about this last week, but he wrote a pilot and he submitted it to this thing called Pitchfest where he was able to have people perform like the script that he wrote for, I think, Sony. And this is a huge deal for him. I'm so proud of him. But he asked me to be part of it and I did it. And I, you know what? It felt so good to perform. And like many of you know this, many of you do not, but like I, I used to do that. That was, like, my whole life. I used to perform and, like, I sang and I acted and danced and I did the whole goddamn thing and I never do it anymore because it's just a dream that I, like, kind of gave up on, I guess. Um, So even getting to do it in a low-stakes environment like that was just, like, I don't know. It felt really good. It feels good to come back to your old self, if that makes sense. Like, obviously, we all grow up and we get older and we change and that's important and that's good, but I feel like... As I've gotten older, it has felt better and better to just like return to parts of myself that I um, sort of left behind, like passions I had when I was younger, things I loved when I was younger. Like it feels really good. Um, and even just spending time around people who have that shared understanding with me, like who did theater, grow- who were like weird, awkward theater kids growing up. Like there is like an affinity there and it feels really good. I think it can be hard to explain. I mean, I did the whole goddamned state school sorority. I mean, I did that whole fucking thing. And then I worked for Barstool. Like, I feel like I got real, real, real far away from my, like, roots. And so there are a lot of people who, like, don't realize, like, I was like a a, a weird, lonely kid. Like, I was like a, theater was the only thing I cared about. Um, You know, I wasn't like partying on the weekends I was sitting in my bedroom watching a very potter musical and videos of people singing at 54 below and so I don't know being around people who understand that like that experience of growing up like that just it feels really good but yeah I don't know I've been feeling a little weird lately I just think weird I've been having conversations with all my friends about how we feel like we're in our hashtag failure era and like we just feel like we don't know what we're doing with our lives and we feel like really lost. And then we were looking at each other and we were like, is this like a Saturn's return thing? I don't know if you've heard of this, but it's like Saturn goes around the Earth like every, it's like 26 to 29 years or something. And so this is around the time that like you start for some reason questioning, like, your life and your career and your choices. It was in Parks and Rec, if you haven't seen it, but, like, it's also, like, kind of a real astrology thing. And so we were all, like, is this what that is? Do we feel this way because of fucking a planet? Because that's fucked up, if that's the case. (laughs) Like, hey, Saturn, leave me alone. Leave me the fuck alone, please. Um, But, yeah, I've had a lot to, like, think about. Um, And I'm trying to think of anything else as... Oh, yeah, I'm... (laughs) I went on a date. I know I said, but it it wasn't like a a romantic date. This man is literally, he lives in England. He's just here for like three weeks. And I'm like, that's perfect. I would love to have a little three-week love affair. You know what I mean? And so we went to fucking Olive Garden. Which, because um, he's like, well, I've never been in the city before. And I was like, well, let me tell you, let me take you to some lesser known, you know, touristy spots. Have you heard of this little thing called Times Square? And he was like... And, oh yeah for sure like do we want to meet there and I was like totally I'm like I'm fucking joking by the way and then he, was, I was like I will I will take you somewhere with American delicacies Olive Garden again joking and he's like that sounds fucking great I've never been to Olive Garden and then we went to Olive Garden which by the way when you're here you're family um, but no I love Olive Garden I have nothing against Olive Garden anybody who has an issue with Olive Garden is elitist okay because it is delicious I don't care it's not Italian food, but it doesn't mean it's not delicious food. You know what I mean? It's like, what the fuck is chilies? Tex-Mex? No, it's not. It's like made-up food, and that's okay, because it's delicious. Not everything has to be authentic. Something not being authentic doesn't mean it's not freaking delicious. And that's, <laughs> that's a hill I will die on. It's a bold choice to go on a date and eat like a 100 garlicky breadsticks, but we did. <laughs> And it was fun, and it was light, and it was silly, and, like, it it wasn't heavy. It's kind of funny because I was telling my psychiatrist, like, I only see her every, like, three months, right? So I was filling her in on everything that's sort of gone down in my life, and I was like, yeah, I'm not really dating right now. I'm not really dating. I... I just can't do it. I fucking can't do it after what happened. I just can't do it right now. Like I need a minute. I need to like just like mm, not really properly date. And she was like, listen, I hear you, but I just want to caution you against closing yourself off in that way. Like I'm hearing the language you're using and it worries me because I don't want you to be putting up walls. You know, there's a way to date cautiously without closing yourself off. And I was like, no, 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 for sure. And, like, I hear you, Dr. Brandon, but let me explain something. And I, like, told her exactly what happened with Shrimp Cocktail Man. And at the end of, like, my explanation of what happened, she's, like, sitting there. And she's kind of, like, very quiet. And then she's like, okay, well, maybe we just pursue physical relationships for now. (laughs) I was like, yeah, bitch, I fucking told you. I fucking told you I can't do this right now. Like, I'm not being hyperbolic. I'm not being like, I'm literally just looking out for my own well-being. Like I cannot do that right now. So I'm just like fucking around and it's fine. It is totally fine. I'm being ethical with it. I'm having fun with it. And you know what? When this man goes back to England, um, I'll probably never see him again. And that's fine. I need a little winter rom-com romance. And I think it will revive me enough to get back into the spirit of things. Because you know what else I was thinking? Oh, my God. This is so funny. I literally started this episode being like, I don't got shit to say today. But yes, I do. I have so much to say. Apparently, I was thinking about this. I was like, whenever something bad happens to you, you always have a choice of like how you want to interpret it and how you want to like incorporate the lessons you learned into your life. And like this thing with shrimp cocktail, man, it would be really easy for me to be like, I now have trust issues and I'm not going to trust and it's going to be really hard for me to date and this, that and the other thing. And like, I could do that. Or I could be like, yeah, some people suck. And some people are not trustworthy, and some people are going to hurt you. But it doesn't mean you can't be open-hearted. It doesn't mean you shouldn't still be vulnerable. It doesn't mean you can't still look for um, the good in people. Like just one bad experience does not mean you have to like shut yourself off from loving people. So I'm gonna try and have that be sort of my modus operandi, but it's hard. <laughs> It's hard and I need, I need this little bit of weird time between, I need this like little bit of time to just like process it. And besides, like nothing that happens after your Spotify wrapped and before New Year's Eve even counts. You know, like this is sort of no man's land time. You can do whatever you want legally and no one can stop you because it doesn't count. (laughs) It's the same thing with that week between Thanksgiving, sorry, that week between Christmas and New Year's where it's like, this time is fake. Nothing exists in this time period and it does not matter what happens because it's not real. It doesn't matter. And so that's kind of my philosophy for the next couple weeks. <laughs> anyway, what's uh, what are we talking about today? What's going on? Got a really interesting voicemail um, vaguely about this, but I kind of wanted to talk about how do we escape the virgin whore dichotomy? Like how do we escape the mindset that people have? towards women in that way um, and then I wanted to talk a little bit about <laughs> I wanted to talk a little bit about you know what I'm learning in therapy right now a therapy question that I want to post to you guys and we'll have a little chat about that and then I got a DM asking if bad textures are actually just shady so if that sounds interesting and fun and fresh and fabulous to you
0: keep on the
1: All right. All right. All right. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Every time I say sorry, I think about that clip of um, it was like Trisha Paytas and Ethan Klein. And they were I don't remember what they were doing. They were doing like some kind of like trivia game. And they asked like, I don't know, they were like, I don't know, they basically asked a question. And Trisha said something where she thought she had gotten the question right, but like she hadn't. And then Ethan just goes, sorry. And it's like, it plays in my head all day long. All day long. Sorry. Every time you see me type the word sorry, like that's what I'm saying. Anyways, um, let's talk about that virgin whore dichotomy because I think it's really interesting. And let me pull up this voicemail so we can kind of uh, get into this discussion.
0: Hi, Ellie. My name is Nicole. I'm 25. I am going through my I hate men era, and I was wondering if you could get some insight from your ethical, uh, non-monogamous and your non-ethical, non-monogamous friends on what they do on dating apps, because I'm kind of looking for casual dating, casual hookup situation, Um
1: obviously i think this leads into the broader discussion of like about why you are either the virgin or the whore when it comes to dating uh in heterosexual relationships but before we sort of have a freewheeling discussion about that i do want to say like there i think when you are dating hmm, i think when you're dating uh in this way where you just like want sex or you just want something casual I think there's an aspect of, like, really needing to, like, own that, you know? Like, um, you're saying, like, oh, it turns guys off to know that they, like, have competition or whatever. And it's like, okay, who cares? If it turns a guy off that, you know, you are dating other people, then he should not be part of your roster because he's fucking weak. Like, <laughs> and some people don't want to be a part of, um, you know, a relationship like that. Like, some people don't want to be in an open relationship. Some people don't want that. And that's totally valid. But if that's what you want... You communicate it even if you think they might not like it because they might surprise you and be like, all right, sounds good to me. Like, I understand we're in an open relationship or whatever. Uh, but you never have – like, never ever feel like you need to, like, change what your needs are because it might turn a man off. Do you know how easy it is to get a man? <laughs> there are actually billions on the planet and like <laughs> – if one guy is like I'm not into the fact that you're seeing other people, okay, on to the next then. That's the beauty of seeing other people. There's always another one. In a weird sense, I feel like it can be it can help you find yourself and like your own voice. I'm not recommending like doing this to everyone because if it's not for you, it's not for you. But I think there's something about finding like your power and finding like your ability to stand up for yourself in in relationships like this because you know what you want to do. You you are not ready for a relationship. You want to casually date. If somebody has a problem with that, then, you know, don't date them because that's not what they want. Like dating is all about finding people who want the same thing that you want, right? So if somebody doesn't want an open relationship or doesn't want to be seeing someone who's seeing other people, then we just don't date them and that's fine. So, but I think you've laid out something really interesting here that I just wanted to touch on. I think sometimes you're right when you are pursuing a casual thing you're pursuing something more physical I, men have a hard time seeing you as m- more than that like they have a hard time seeing you as like a full person and i think it's because of that virgin whore madonna whore or however you want to call it um complex where it's like you are as taylor swift says a one night or you are a wife like there's always this vibe of like oh if she likes having sex if she's open about pursuing something casual then she is slutty she's a whore she's whatever and it makes them feel like they have this excuse to not treat you like a full person because it's like well she's offering sex so i don't need to treat her like a whole person which is crazy by the way it's crazy but it's like actually incredibly common because the other side of the coin is like the the virgin or the madonna or the mother like that's the other side of the coin um of being this person who like it almost is not sexual. Like, don't you, like the way that we feel like when we start dating someone and we're like dating seriously, sometimes you feel like you have to withhold sex in the beginning because you know that if you don't, there's a chance that they will never be able to see you as like a wife, as the, Um, as anything other than, like, the whore. And that's, like, such a crazy fucking thing. I think about it all the time, actually, that we, like, walk this really fragile line of, like, it's hard to ever genuinely feel empowered with your own sexuality when, like, men make it so fucking hard. Like, it's so fucking hard. Because it feels like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Easier said than done, but I feel like there is an aspect of, like, maybe we just don't give a shit what men say. Like, maybe we just... And I honestly think the only way that we are able to escape that dichotomy that is like forced upon us is by truly only dating people who clearly see us as whole fucking people that don't have like these weird expectations on us to be one thing or another who understand that we are layered. We have different things that we want at different times that we have thoughts, feelings and opinions that have nothing to do with relationships and dating, which is fucking hard to find. (laughs) but I think it's worth it. I think it's worth it. I think like you need to like reinforce this feeling in your head of like, I would rather be alone than be with somebody who makes me feel like I'm less than a full person. Like I'm either his fucking mommy or I'm his whore. Like I would rather be alone. I think it's almost like positive reinforcement in a way or negative reinforcement. I don't know. I'm not a scientist, but like it's this idea of like we don't give men time of day if they don't treat us the way that we deserve and eventually obviously it's gonna make some crazy people mad it's gonna create some goddamned incels because they're like mm, i don't get what i want but like it's it's just something we fucking have to do because like we have to tr- teach you like you don't get to date if you can't date like a fucking person You don't get access to sex unless you're able to treat that person with respect. You do not have access to the emotional support of a partner if you're not willing to give that back in the same way. And it's about like respecting ourselves enough to know that like being alone is not the worst thing that can happen to you. Actually, the worst thing that can happen to you is being with a partner who doesn't value you as a fucking person, who doesn't see you as who you are, and is only trying to like fulfill like this need of their own to oh I'm supposed to date I'm supposed to get married I'm supposed to want a woman when it's like okay but like you don't even fucking like me I mean think about how many straight men just straight up talk about how much they hate their wives it's like why did you get married then like imagine being that wife I would no absolutely not so it's a tricky line to walk And I hear what you're saying, that it feels like you can't do anything right. That like no matter who you're dating and how you approach it, like men are still going to treat you like shit. And that's why you're in your like men are garbage. I hate men era. Like I hear you. I understand that. And I think like we all have been there. Like I literally talked about last week, like it's an important era to go through. You got to try to not let it make you bitter. And you have to try to let yourself imagine that there is somebody who will treat you as a full person and will give you the respect that you require and deserve. And until you do, listen, I, it's buy a satisfier Pro Two. You know, <laughs> buy yourself an expensive vibrator and read romance novels and like call it a night. Because I would literally would rather read about fictional love than have to deal with somebody who like is shitty. And a quote that always kind of helps me when I'm having this moment of like, I feel like I'm damned if I do, damned if I don't. I don't remember who it was that said this, but it was like, he's going to call you crazy no matter what you do, so you might as well do whatever you want. And I feel like we can apply that here. It's like, if they're going <laughs> to treat you like shit no matter what you do, maybe we treat them the way that they treat us. But overall, I feel like this is such a universal experience of women, like, Don't be discouraged. There's a community of women all across the fucking globe and probably across the goddamned universe that understand exactly how you're feeling and what you've gone through and what you will continue to go through. So, anyway, I don't know. I don't know if I have an answer about how we fully escape the virgin whore dichotomy. I'm not 100% sure that we can. It would require, like, I don't know killing all the men and then just starting from scratch. Like, (laughs) I just, I don't know how we would ever be able to escape it, but I think, like, but I do think it starts with us and us not letting ourselves be pigeonholed and us not letting ourselves um, fall into the traps that are designed for us. And I also think, like, we have to, like, not be afraid to be called whores. (laughs) I do. I think, like, we just have to, like, whatever. I like to have sex and I'm going to do it and I don't care. Like, call me a whore if you absolutely want to. Like, it's not the worst thing you'll ever call me. I'm not afraid of that label. Because any man who, like, uses that label on you because, like, you enjoy sex is weak. He's weak and you don't fucking want him. It's embarrassing. Like, that is embarrassing. Don't you want somebody who's, like, more experienced? Don't you want somebody who, like, knows what they're doing? He can talk his shit all he wants and it doesn't matter to you at all, right? But this is just something I have been thinking about a lot as I've been sort of in my not dating era, like in my like casual sex era. I think about the last time I was in a casual sex era, which was in college and how different I feel now because when I was in college, I literally was just actually called a whore and it was crazy. Um, And in that way, I was like, well, no one's ever going to date me because everyone thinks I'm a slut and whatever. But it's like this time around, it's like, who gives a shit if there's a wide wide world out there full of people who don't know me don't know each other and like I can do whatever I want as long as I'm being safe and kind about it and I feel better about it this time around it sounds shitty to me on to the next and that's our mindset going forward especially in this weird time of like this part of the year doesn't even count like be hot and do whatever you want and that's my (laughs) that's my advice (laughs) So let's get into our next segment, which is a therapy question I want to post to you and what my therapist has advised me to do this week.
2: There are some stories about my mom's life that I truly never get tired of hearing. From hilarious to heartfelt, tear-jerking to plot-twisting, her retelling of events always brings me joy. Just in time for Mother's Day, I found the perfect gift that captures all her stories for my family forever. It's called StoryWorth. StoryWorth helps you preserve precious memories and stories from your mother for years to come. Here's how it works. Each week, StoryWorth emails your loved one a thought-provoking question that you get to help pick. Like, how do you want to be remembered? Or, what was it like when you first learned how to ride a bike? StoryWorth makes the writing process a breeze. All your loved one needs to do is respond to that email with the story. Long or short, it doesn't matter. You'll be emailed a copy of your loved one's response as they're submitted over the course of the year. You'll get to enjoy their retelling of the stories you already knew or be surprised by stories you've never heard before. After a year of fun, StoryWorth compiles your loved one's stories and photos into a beautiful keepsake hardcover book that you'll be able to share and revisit for generations to come. I lost three of my four grandparents by the time I was six years old, so knowing that my future children and grandchildren would be able to get to know my parents on a personal level means everything to me. Families love StoryWorth. That's why it has more than 25,000 five-star reviews on Trustpilot, with millions of stories preserved since they were founded over 10 years ago. Give all the moms in your life a unique heartfelt gift you'll all cherish for years, StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash Ellie. That's storyworth.com slash Ellie to save $10 on your first purchase.
1: Late Night Drive with Ellie and Michaela is brought to you by BetterHelp. Um, so I love therapy. I have always been a huge advocate for therapy. I've been seeing my therapist for gosh going on six years now so she's basically like a homie less of a therapist more of a pal just kidding she actually is really really good at her job and I have benefited immensely from therapy I literally feel Like, I wouldn't be the woman that I am today if I didn't have therapy as a resource. I think it's so good to help you work through not only, like, your daily problems and, you know, your work issues or your friend issues, your relationship issues, but also, like, work through things that have been patterns in your life that maybe you've identified but don't really know how to fix or things like phobias, anxieties, things that you feel like you have a lack of control over. Therapy can be really helpful in making you feel like you do actually have control because you have more control than you think that you do. But I know that it is not easy for everybody to access therapy. And that's why I love today's sponsor, BetterHelp, because, uh, I mean, there are states in America even where There's like two therapists that take insurance, you know, like it's really, really important to have access to mental health and not everybody does. And BetterHelp makes it super, super easy. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give it a try. It is entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So get it off your chest, whatever it is, with BetterHelp. BetterHelp visit betterhelp.com slash lnd today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp hel slash lnd. So what are we doing in therapy this week, besties? Okay, so it's actually kind of funny. Right now, what we're working on is talking about trauma, which is super fun, as you can imagine. But One of the things that is really hard is like I get really locked up. Like I get really like physically uncomfortable when I'm talking about things. So we are working on on like relaxation techniques and ways to like physically calm your body down. So hopefully it's like your body's relaxed and then your brain's relaxed. So she's making me do (laughs) my homework this week is to do progressive muscle relaxation every single night before I go to sleep which I have been doing and it's it feels good. It feels good to like have that physical connection to your body. If you don't know what progressive muscle relaxation is, it's basically like you tense and then release every part of your body um, sort of in, you know, like first your toes and then your calves and your thighs and your butt and like all of that and then you like release and it feels really good. By the way, did you know that you are probably clenching your butthole all the time? <laughs> Unclench your butthole right now. You're clenching it. Unclench it. And then once you realize that, I notice constantly that I'm just like always clenching my butthole. Like what is the deal with that? Anyways, so I've been doing the progressive muscle relaxation and something I've been kind of having a hard time with is she's also been like, I want you to like be doing yoga as well. Because yoga, I mean, yoga is really good. It's like the breathing and the mind-body connection and all that. And I get that, but I have a really hard time doing anything fitness related and not thinking about weight loss. Like I don't know if anybody else experiences that. I'm sure you do, but it's like this feeling of like she was like, I think you should be doing some yoga, which, cause it's really good for your brain. And literally, my first thought was like, Oh, and also like, I'll be more toned and like, I'll be skinny and I'll like, I'll be hotter. And like, that's crazy. It's supposed to be for my brain and my mental health. And I'm like, mm, But how can it change my physical appearance? Like, I have a really hard time doing things that are physical just to do things that are physical. Even my flirty little walks, like, I know they're good for my brain, but there's a part of me that's like, mm, But also mm, toned legs, <laughs> like, I don't know, I have a hard time with it. So that's something that we're working on. And then there was a question I wanted to pose because this question was posed to me and I thought it was really fascinating um, and made me think a lot. And she said, who in your life sees you the way you wish everyone saw you? Who in your life sees you the way you wish everyone saw you? And I think it's such an interesting question because I think it reveals a lot about how you see yourself. It reveals a lot about like your aspirations and your values and your desires. And, and I think it reveals a lot about like who your idealized person is, you know, um, who your best self is like for me. Ooh, I don't know. I mean, I wish every single person in the world saw me the way that my pal, Zach Schiffman, sees me. Cause he just like, oh my God, he called me last night. Literally, we were sobbing on the phone to each other about how much we love each other. But there's just something about like, he, I think he sees me like a really good friend. He sees me as somebody who's very talented. He sees me as someone who is, like, capable of doing things and can do the things that I set my mind to. Um, And, like, that's the way I would like everyone to see me. But more importantly, like, that's just the way that I, like, would like myself to see me. Like, I would love for me to see myself as capable and, you know, kind and loving and, like, all those things. And I just thought it was such an interesting thing. The other thing also is, like, the other person maybe is, like, Michaela because – Michaela literally is like you can do no wrong. <laughs> um if everyone in the world saw me the way that Michaela sees me, um I would be so beloved. There would be a, a religion based around me. But she something in particular that like makes me feel good is like I know that she sees me as just like a good person, like somebody with a good heart. And I I think this is like somewhat common. Like we all have this, maybe not we all, but a lot of us have this deep-set fear of like what if I'm not a good person? I struggle with it a lot, actually. Like every time I have an unkind thought, which I know thoughts are just thoughts. They're not actions. They're not facts. They're just thoughts. But sometimes I'll have an unkind thought and I'm like, I'm a monster. (laughs) I'll say something rude. um, And I'll be like, I literally am the meanest person in the world. This is my true self. And everyone who thinks I'm a good person, um, I'm deceiving them. I'm lying to them. And if, ever, if I saw myself the way that Michaela sees me, which is just as somebody who is, has a good heart and is like a good person and like even the mean things I say are like not even mean. Sometimes she laughs at me because I'm like, can I say something mean? And then I'll say it. And she's like, that's the least mean thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and like, I would love to see myself that way. And I would love the world to see me that way. And I think it like, it's not only a reminder of the way that people love you. Like it's not only a reminder of like the good things that, exist about you that people see in you but it's also a reminder of like well if that's the person that i want to work towards being all the time then like maybe there are things i should be doing to work towards that you know if i want to be seen as like a a really kind and good person maybe maybe i stop shit talking as much (laughs) nah too much fun but you know what i mean If I want people to see me as capable of doing anything I set my mind to, maybe I should set my mind to a few more things. Like maybe I should just like take the leap and jump in and try new things and prove that I can do them. It's been such an interesting exercise for me and I hope that it's an interesting exercise for you as well. Who in your life sees you the way you wish everybody saw you? And what can that tell you about, you know, changes you might want to make to your life or decisions you might want to make or things you might want to do? Like... I think it's fucking fascinating and I love therapy and anyways that's kind of what my therapist has said to me this week Uh, and let's get into our last segment which is a DM about bad textures. My friend is going on a date tonight and she's so fucking nervous. She's like, I literally am crying and I have to throw I like I'm gonna throw up. I'm so nervous to go on this first date. And I was like, man, I give the same advice to all my friends when they're nervous before dates. And let me just give it to y'all right now. It's an hour. Like it's lit. It's an hour. Like (laughs) it's one drink. If the date is bad, go home. You know, if the date is bad, you make up an excuse and you leave and it's fine. We all go on first dates all the time that don't work out. Most things don't work out and everybody understands the game that you're playing when you go on dates. So like it's an hour. What's the worst that happens? Like go somewhere public and like be, it'll be fine. Have one drink and go, you know, have a coffee and go. Like, It could be great you could want to stay longer you could want to hang out for six fucking hours like but at the worst it's an hour it's one date if it doesn't go well it doesn't go well and we move on to the next thing but like you have to go on the date you got to go on the date because it's one step closer to the right person right and who knows it could be great it it might not be but it could be it could be really really wonderful In fact, a little while ago, my friend Hannah, um, she had to go on this first date. It was a hinge date. She was really fucking nervous. I had this exact same spiel for her. I gave her the speech that it's an hour, it's a drink date, it's a drink speech. She goes on the date. She's like, The date was really good. I'm glad you told me to go. You were right. And now they're like fully dating, like spent Thanksgiving with each other's families, like very serious. We're like 99% sure she's going to like marry this guy. That's not something that she said or he said or anything. But like me and my friends were like, oh, they're going to get married. Like it's perfect. So that's always the first date advice. And if a friend of yours ever needs first date advice, just tell them that it's an hour. It's literally an hour. And you can text me from the bathroom (laughs) if you need to. (laughs) And at any point, I will call you crying with an excuse for you to leave. At any point, if you want me to show up at the restaurant, I'll do it. You know what I mean? Anyways, let's talk about bad texters. So I got this DM. Let me pull her up. <laughs> By the way, do you hear my radiator right now? I forgot it's like super loud radiator season again. This motherfucker, it hisses, okay? It's hissing like there's a dead cat inside of it. Not a dead cat. An live cat. Although who's to say? It's kind of Schrodinger's radiator cat really fucking annoying. So if you hear that, I'm sorry. But okay, here is the DM. It's from a gal named Lauren. And she says, Hey, Ellie. So I've been on a few dates with this guy. We seem to be really hitting it off. But of course, he's a terrible texter. We'll literally go three to four hours without responding, if not longer. And I can't help but think that's shady. What do you think? Am I just being insecure? Okay, interesting. First of all, I think 99.999% of the time, it's not shady. I genuinely think that. I mean, I think it depends on age. It depends on the person. Like if you spend time with him in person and he's like always on his phone, but he doesn't text you back for three to four hours, mm, we're going to have a problem here. okay? but if he's like a normal person, maybe he if he's like a normal person and, you know, he's in class or he's at work or he's. You know, he's just not somebody who uses his phone a lot, which is a normal thing. Like Plenty of people are like that. It's not shady. I would say most of the time it's not shady. But I think like the insecurity that I think the question comes from a place like exactly like you said of insecurity of like maybe you had a bad experience with somebody who was a bad texter and who was like cheating on you or something. I think that like generally speaking, sometimes our instincts lie to us, but a lot of time our gut is right. So if you genuinely think something is off, I feel like if you're like something, something's off, something's really, really off, like you know, versus just like, I think it's a little weird that he doesn't text me back all the time, but he's super attentive and cool and normal in person, like I wouldn't worry so much about it. If he's a little distant and weird in person, he's shady about making plans, you know, he won't introduce you to his friends or um He doesn't like going places with you in public, like you mostly just hang out at his place or your place. Yeah, there might be something shady going on, but chances are there's not. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to be like a bad texter. I also think like the older you get, the more likely people are going to be bad texters just because like we all got shit going on. (laughs) Like there are days that I just like not going to look at my phone. It's not because I don't love my friends, love my family, love the people who are texting me. I just am like, I literally don't want to look at my phone right now because it's just a lot. I don't want to look at my phone right now. And believe it or not, there are people who like just like are not addicted to their phones. That's crazy to me. I can't live without my phone. When I have to put my phone in the bin through airport security and I'm apart from it for like what? A maximum of two minutes? I'm like anxious. I'm like, where is my phone? What's going on? What if somebody texted me something really important? So... You know, I'm crazy, but most people are not like that. Most people are, like, normal with their phones. I think it's, um, I think if you're, like, in high school, you're probably on your phone a lot more, right? Like, I would imagine that if, if a boy, in high, if you're in high school and a boy's not texting you back, like, he probably just, like, doesn't want to talk to you. <laughs> If you're in college, it's iffy. But if you're like a grown-ass adult and a man is like not texting you back for a couple hours but always texts you back, he's just a person with like a life and a job. And that's what we want. We don't want somebody who's like fucking crazy. We don't want somebody who doesn't have, like, hobbies and interests and things going on in their life. Things to do, people to see, places to go. Like, you want somebody like that. So, in fact, I would say if you're, like, a grown-ass adult, you know, you're out of college, you're in the workforce, whatever, and this is the kind of texture that he is, that's actually – I would say that's exactly what you want. It's, like, the, the greenest possible flag of, like, oh, this is a person who – like actually has a life. And also, if it's the beginning of a relationship, like you've only gone out a couple times, I think that's also appropriate. Like I also think it's appropriate to like not be up each other's asses at first because like you don't want to like crowd it too much. You don't want to like start something really really intensely that you're not going to finish as intensely if that makes sense. Like I think it's really really freaking important to take things slow in the beginning and not just physically but like emotionally i've talked about this before um just to make sure you know where your head's at so it's possible he's just doing that as well um just like kind of communicating with you in the way that he does with anybody who he doesn't know that well i mean if you've been dating for six months and he doesn't text you back for four hours every single time he texts you I don't know. That's a little weird. That's gonna be a problem. But if you've just started seeing if you've just started seeing each other, I don't think it's shady at all. And in fact, I think it's like a green flag for sure. For sure. I'm a good texter. Like I like to text people all day long. But I'm more of like, a. I like us to be in constant communication. But that doesn't mean we have to be like, texting each other every minute. It just means that like, if you've texted me, I'm going to respond to you and I expect that you respond to me. But if it takes you a couple hours or if you even respond the next day, as long as we're like talking, like I feel comfortable and I feel fine with that. In the beginning, if you're my whole ass boyfriend, if you are my boyfriend and like you're not texting me back when I text you, if you wait for the next day to text me and you're my boyfriend, I, I'll freak out. That's a fucking problem. But if we're just like sort of dating – seeing each other. I don't fucking care. Like, yes, I want you to text me. Yes, I get little butterflies in my stomach when your name pops up on my phone. But that's what makes it fun. Like, I don't want that all the time because then it takes the fun and the novelty out of it. So not shady. um, Probably a good thing. But if your gut is telling you something's wrong, like something's wrong, wrong, and there's those other red flags we kind of discussed that like add up into something shady, trust your gut. But I think this is just as you said like insecurity uh, talking um and being very loud and being fucking annoying well cutie pies that's our episode today you know somebody said something really interesting to me i ran into um i've actually run into a couple of you on the street and you were like i, I listen to your podcast before going to sleep like as though it's something like oh like i put you on while i'm like brushing my teeth and doing my skincare um because it's just nice to have somebody chatting and i was like that's like an- a lovely thing like late night drive like i get it like It's a a way to wind down. So um, if that is what you're doing right now, if you're having your little wind down before bed routine, I hope you have sweet dreams. I hope you're feeling great. Um, I hope this is calming and soothing for you. I don't think of myself as having like a calming and soothing voice, but if it is for you, that makes me very happy. What's our song of the week this week? Well, our 2022 Spotify wrapped has come out. And so I'm looking over my top songs of 2022, which by the way is fucking embarrassing cuz half of it is like Encanto. <laughs> it's like Encanto, Taylor Swift, that's it. Um I was expecting to be like, "Oh, there's a song that I haven't thought of in a while." And no, not one of these songs is like fascinating or interesting. It's like, "Damn, that's embarrassing." But okay, this is kind of like a weird one, but I just feel like it's I don't know. I've been playing it so often that I want to share it with you guys. Um, if you haven't heard it, it's from the Inside Outtakes. Bo Burnham, he did like outtakes of his like um, of Inside, of which was his like thingy, whatever his um, documentary thing. I don't know, thing that he made during the pandemic. But the song is called The Chicken and you would think that it was like a silly song and but every time i hear it it makes me tear up um not that i want you guys to be crying but it just makes me think and makes me feel and especially with this like saturn return moment that i'm sort of going through i feel like it's like very poignant and very on point so um that is our song of the week i love you guys more than life if you like me if you like the show feel free to leave a nice little review hopefully on spotify um And feel free to follow me on social media. My Twitter is at holy underscore schnitt. My Instagram is ellie underscore schnitt. And my TikTok is ellie schnitt. If you like Taylor Swift, you can listen to my Taylor Swift podcast. It is called Taylor Talk. We are live every Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Super fun. The chat is super fun. I love doing that show. It makes me so happy. Um, and I love you guys. If you want to leave a voicemail, you can call 847-282-0462. That number is always linked on my Instagram profile as well as a link to the Discord server, which is a nice place to to make some friends, to make some pals. Um, And yeah, I love you guys so, 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 so much. As always, have a good day. Have a good night wherever you are, whatever you're doing. I hope it's a great one. If you are going to sleep right now, sweet dreams. And I will catch you guys on our next drive. Okay, bye.